Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Well, we made it through the midterm elections, and joining us once again is my old friend, colleague, and partner in crime, Betty Mm -hmm. Overtier. Originally Mm -hmm. from Brooklyn, New York, Betty called Atlanta home for many years. Now in retirement, she travels between Georgia and Florida, RVing with her dogs. This year, her travels gave her a unique perspective of two of the more interesting elections in Georgia and Florida. She witnessed firsthand some of the challenges voters had in Georgia. She joins us to share her experiences and observations on the politics, the candidates, and what's next from her unique perspective. Betty was the founder, producer, and host of Alternative Perspectives, an LGBT radio show that continues to air on WRFG, Radio Free Georgia, a community-owned and operated station. She served in various capacities on a number of nonprofit organizations over the past years in the Atlanta area and is the recipient of many awards for her service to the community. Betty, Welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm so happy to be talking with you again. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for having me again. It's my my pleasure and and my privilege to be on the air with you once again. This is like, it gives me, it gives me like uh, a little, a little like, all right, I can do this again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, you know, we were just talking about the weather, you down there, where it's warm and me up here where it's getting trying it's, to snow. And we have to figure out how to, how to keep some of these conversations down your way. That, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on down. Come on down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, could, we could go around interviewing people. How's that? You know? I was just down um, in Myrtle Beach like a, about a week ago. And one of the things that I've noticed, I mean, we talked recently about visibility. And mm-hmm. I was with my partner and flying down and flying back, like one time, because we both have the last name, Brown, and we were sitting side by side. And it was like in one flight, it was like once the flight attendant sort of asked around the questions and identified that we were a couple. I mean, it was just like, she was our buddy for life. And then on another flight, we had a, we stopped in Atlanta. We had a young guy who came out. Um, he's a flight attendant. And he started talking about, you know, his life, being a gay man in Atlanta, the challenges it was. So it's like being out and visible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it allows people to be themselves and people to have conversations. We even had a woman mm-hmm. in Myrtle Beach who had worked at the hospitals during the time at the height of the AIDS 
uh, epidemic, talking about what she saw, what's happening with the LGBT community, her mm-hmm. con- commitment and her concern, and that she was an ally. You're right down there in, you know, where with Georgia and in Florida where people might not think that, you know, other than headlines, like you hear about, you heard about Pulse. You know that mm-hmm. in Miami right. there might be a community. Right. But right. what is mm-hmm. your experience as you travel around being Betty, being out? Yeah, be, well, you know, I'm, I'm Betty, I, you know, and however people perceive me, that's fine. And like I was telling you earlier before we were on the air is that I've never been called sir so many times <laughs> or, as, as much as down here in Florida, okay? Because it happened to me occasionally in Georgia, but down here, it doesn't matter where I go. I mean, even, even my next door, when, when I'm parked in, in a campground, the people next door to me, they think I'm, not a, I'm a guy. You hear, then, you know, the, the wife and the husband will come out talking and stuff, and one of them will say, oh, I, I talked to the guy next door. And that, they, get, they had a whole conversation with me, okay? Uh-huh, I, told uh-huh. them, I told them my name was Betty, all right? And they still thought I was a guy, okay? <laughs> it just, that just makes me laugh, you know, because it, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's how you're perceived by whoever it is you're talking to. And even though you tell them your name, it still didn't, you know, penetrate and it still didn't make any, any difference to them because I have short hair and I have hairy legs, you know. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, they, they just, that's, that's a man. It, it has to be a man, you know. <laughs> I leave my hair, my hair was put there by God and I leave it there because it's too much trouble to shave, okay. <laughs> and, and I'm lazy. And now in my old age and being that I'm diabetic, it's my, um, it's my barometer for, knowing when my circulation is good or bad because my hair starts, you know, to lighten up and you can't see it. And I, my podiatrist had told me a long time ago, as long as you have hair on your legs, you have good circulation. <laughs> well, that's yeah. something I had never heard. Wow. Right, right. As long as the hair, because you're getting the uh, circulation and the airflow and the oxygen and all, and your hair is growing, okay? So mm-hmm. it's, it's staying dark, you know, so you can still see it. You know, so it's getting all the nutrition that it needs to keep growing. Otherwise, my, if, if, if the circulation wasn't good, all my hair on my legs would fall off. Wow. And it, would, and it wouldn't grow back because there's no oxygen and there's no blood cells or something, you know, whatever it is that, you know, makes it grow. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's my little barometer for not letting, you know, for my, okay, my circulation, I'm, I'm still alive. And my blood is flowing. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to share that with some people. And I have a question. Yeah. You hear all of this stuff and you see negative things. Are you finding that as you, you know, even though they call you Mr., but in their mind they know that you're a lesbian, you're, you're out, you know, they're doing yeah. that. But are you finding, do you feel concerned about being on the road with just your dogs and being out. Do you feel well, about safety or do you find yourself, well, maybe I'll go in here, but I won't go in there? You know, do you have concerns? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I find myself doing that sometimes. But here in central Florida, because you're so close to Orlando, and Orlando has a large LGBT community, it has a large Hispanic community, you know, and people, have, you know, have heard about Pulse and they know it's here and now Pulse is like a museum and there's always, you know, like articles and stuff, you know, about it in the newspaper. So people always stay aware of the fact that there is an LGBT community nearby, okay? And then there's Sanford that's not about 60 miles from where I am. They have a huge 
uh, LGBT community up there. They just had their first uh, pride um, in October up there. And so, I mean, there, there, is, there is a lot of exposure in, in certain areas, but I am a little leery because I was supposed to be heading west a while back, but because of the the um, the, the the political environment and the, you know and the, all this hatred that's been out there, I have been hesitant about moving <laughs> mm-hmm. west, going into Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, because those are the states that I'm going to have to go through to get to where I want to go. Okay. So I've been a little leery about doing that, and I've been sizing up the situations and seeing what happens politically and seeing what happens with, with things, you know, or what kind of, you know, news headlines come out and stuff, and, you know, maybe after the elections and stuff, and because now that we have a, a blue house, you know, um, things will start changing and people sort of kind of calm down or, you know, um, then, you know, because, I mean, they're going to come out most of their rhetoric, I'm assuming that's going to be, you know, um, that they are, this government is a government of of laws, a a lot of um, news media uh, attention uh, when when the House takes over in January, when the Dems take over in January, because you've got a lot of young people, and they're already, the way they're talking and what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, they they ran with the promise to the people to do the work of the people, okay? And this is how their rhetoric is still going when they ask all these political questions and stuff. And when they're interviewed, they keep to that to that theme of saying uh, we we we're, we're coming to do the work of the people. We uh, got elected because we said and we made promises to do the work of the people, you know. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the work of the people, in other words, the economy and the environment and education and and jobs and equality, uh, not only for, you know, equal pay, but they're all coming in to do that. So once that takes hold in the news media, media, I think things will quiet down some, at least I'm hoping, <laughs> you know. But well, you know, I, Betty, mm-hmm. one of the things, too, is not only are you a member of the LGBTQ community, but you're also Puerto Rican. I mean, yes. there's a whole lot of, of <laughs> ugly rhetoric coming out, and you have experienced and, it and hey, yeah. you know, being Latino. And, you know, when you hear Trump talking about he might just put up a wall so people can't come in from mm-hmm. – Central America at all, right? You know, right. so so you're like right there in the crosshairs. So they might get over you being queer, but then they go like, oh, but wait oh, a minute, but 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 she's one of those too, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that, that like half of the people down this way don't know that Puerto Ricans are citizens, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which to me is hysterical, but it's not funny because people get crazy when they don't have the proper information, you know, and they react. In, in, in violent ways sometimes, or, you know, um, but it, it's just, to me, it's just amazing. It's totally amazing that people don't know that Puerto Rico is part of the United States of America, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it's like mind-boggling. It just, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> when I was growing up, it never occurred to me that people would not know that I was a citizen, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because... I mean, you know, we're part of the United States. My parents were citizens. I'm a citizen, so forth and so on. And for people not to have that knowledge, it, it, but that's because of the education in this country, you know. I mean, somebody in Europe 
knows that I'm a citizen of the United States, but that our own citizens don't know because it's how we're educating, educating our children, mm-hmm. you know. One of the things that, that when we talked before the election, and because really, I mean, you've got people who are making decisions not only about education and putting out false information. So we talked about the hopefulness that this midterm elections can come about. Now, we took back the House. Senate, not so much. Um, right. In fact, you know, in some ways we sort of backslid. But, you know, you saw in, in, at state level a whole lot of changes. Uh, a uh, gay governor. I mean, right. you know, yes. what were your hopes going into the election, the midterm election, and how do you feel post midterm? Well, the, the 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 main focus had been originally that you know the hopes were that we would take back the house, and once we could take back the house, then there would be a court, you know, for 2020, there could be more increments and more progress, you know, for then. But in the interim. What we saw was that in Georgia, we could possibly have the first black female uh, governor of a southern state. In Florida, we could have the first black man to be the governor of Florida. I mean, this is historical stuff. And we came close in both places, but it was the voter suppression that prevented both, I believe, um, from mm-hmm. succeeding and from winning because uh, the, that that political machine was at work. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I should and I should be more clear that the southern political machine was at work. Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know up north. You know, coming from New York, I never felt that there was some kind of a um, of a minus for someone who was. Of, of a minority group running for an office what, at, at whatever level, that because there would be, you know, the, the, the voter suppression, which, you know, that, I, I don't think that ever happened in New York, that somehow in New York somebody was going to be, be beat out because of some technology or because somebody didn't do their job or didn't want to do their job or whatever it was. And then coming down south and feeling it and, 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 and knowing that it, it exists in, at many levels, okay, because even being an activist in Atlanta and being uh, a grassroots, I was grassroots, okay, I mean, that's a difference between the grassroots and those LGBT folks who are in, in the power structure, okay, which is basically like in Georgia, there was the, the white gay male, which had, you know, all the influences. But then again, in Atlanta, you had a government that was led by blacks, okay, because you had um, mayors of Atlanta and you had, you know, black women in, in Atlanta. I mean, in Atlanta, you had the black minority at the top. The suppression um, comes in many ways, okay, so... Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, I, I know that, that, that Stacey Abrams, I've known her for, you know, a few years. I mean, I know she started campaigning way ahead because she started visiting all the counties and the districts a couple of years before she even announced because she wanted to get, yeah, she wanted to get a feel, you know. She wanted to get a feel for all those other counties outside of Atlanta, even though she was, at the time, she spoke in White County, and it's the first time that I had seen her, and that was, you know, two, three years before she even announced that she was going to um, try for governor. But I could see during that process th- that what she was trying to do, 
you know, and she was trying to get to know the people and talk to the people and find out what their needs were and so forth and so on. But in the meantime, that, that political machine was at work in the background, <laughs> even though she had her own, you know, organization that had to do with voter suppression and um, making sure that people had access, you know, but there was a lot of things that were done which she didn't have any control of over, like, closing down um, the, pol- the polling places and stuff in, in, in certain areas, and m- most of the areas that they did that in were minority areas, basically black areas in southern Georgia. But, uh, you know, but they have a court case going on now, you know, so, and I know that the, uh, the runoff on December the 4th, they have to count the absentee ballots uh, up to, in, as long as it's postmarked by December the 4th, they have to be counted. In other words, the, the count is going to go on past December the 4th because once they get to the end of the voting on December the 4th, then they're going to have to go get all the absentee ballots, you know, and get them into the count. So that is, but as long as they are postmarked by December the 4th, they will be allowed to be counted. And the judge just passed that down a couple of days ago. And why is that? Because the election boards did not send out the absentee ballots um, until like Monday, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not not giving enough time to people to get it, fill it out, and send it back. And now, which takes me into the, um, the, the, the November 6th election, which was the regular election and where I had sent my absentee ballot certified so that I could trace it. And I sent it on October the, the, the 26th. It was supposed to be to the place by October the 29th. I started looking for it on, on October 29th. I didn't see it up at the website where you go and check, you know, to see if they've uh-huh. accepted. They, you know, it says accept on the thing once they have it and they check it in. I waited to the 30th. I checked again. There was nothing. I called the election board. They, they, there was nothing there. They checked all everybody's desks. There was nothing there. Okay. And um, that Saturday, or that Friday, actually, I started calling the post offices because I sent it out from the Kissimmee post office, and it was going up to Clarksville, Georgia. And um, I started calling the post office. I called the post office. I gave them the tracking number because now I'm tracking it, and I have no yeah, tracking, yeah. no tracking information. Then when the post office tracked it, they looked up to see when the last scan was, and the last, the only scan was the day that I mailed it. That was the only scan after six days of being in the system. The only scan was kissing me. Period. That was it. <laughs> I, I just laughed in this man's face. I said, you, you understand that this is not going to end here if this is not found by Tuesday, okay? <laughs> so then I had the post office in Kissimmee talking to the post office in Clarksville. This was Friday, on a Friday, November the 2nd. On November the 3rd, I received a telephone call at 1031. I still have it. You know, I, still, I kept it because I need, I need it in case I needed it for evidence of some sort. <laughs> the post office guy, his name is John, called me up and um, says, Miss Betty, Miss Betty, we found it. We have it. We have it. I said, really? 
and and how did you get it? He said, I just turned up in the regular mail this morning. Oh, my even, God. I said, it's, he said, even though it's certified, I said, really? I said, just like that, it just turned up, okay? And then, in, in, and then he walked it, I guess, because I, the, the election board and the post office are right near to each other, or he wrote it over there or whatever it was. But by 1036, the election board called me. Miss Betty, we got it. We got it. Okay. We, we, we got it. It is going right into the system. Then I, I waited for a little bit. I checked online again at the website, and there it was, accepted. And my, my question was, what happened? What would have happened if I had not sent it certified? Yeah, because most, most, you know, 99.9% of the people are not sending it certified. Okay. Exactly. And you, you're aware of a shenanigan. Right, because the envelopes, they're so official looking, and you would say to yourself, oh, they're going to definitely deliver this because it would be a crime if they didn't, and it is a crime if they don't, because all, all your voting information is on the envelope on the outside, in a, on the sticker that they put on it, okay? But I, I say, you know, what happened, to all, what happened to all the people who said they had sent the absentee ballot? And that never reached, or they never saw it being accepted online. What happens to all of that? You know. And you wonder if how many of them actually went to check to make sure it was accepted online, and yeah. you know, and didn't know to raise it. And clearly, yeah, well, they had, they knew they, were, they knew something was wrong because that was one of the reasons why Stacey Abrams said, you know, hey, I'm going to continue the fight. Until right. Georgia election officials counted every vote. Every, right, every vote. And, and still, I don't think every vote was counted because they, they, you know, absentee ballots, you know, they were just throwing them away. And then the, mm. and then the, fact, and then the fact remains, okay, that the purging, this Kemp, the guy who won, right, or mm-hmm. his governor, not the, not the, not, not, I don't want to say he won, but he's the governor of Georgia now. Mm-hmm. He had... 53,000 registrations that he had in his office, in his desk, that he refused to release Mm. because there was some kind of a mistake on the address or the name wasn't the same or the signatures didn't match or they said that they were not on the voting polls when, in fact, some of them were. I mean... You know, there was all kinds of reasons given. They said people who no longer lived in Georgia, but then when the person checked and they went, when they actually went to the polls, because Stacey had said, if you had sent in your registration, okay, and you registered and you didn't get anything back, go to the voting polls and, 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 and attempt to vote on, on election day. When they got there, they get, you know, they get cross-checked and stuff, and they said, well, you're no longer, you moved. You're no longer at this address, and you don't live in Georgia. And they say, what are you talking about? I, I had I never moved. I'm still on the same address, and I'm still registered, according to my records. Okay, so these people were actually still, you know, legal registered citizens of Georgia, and they, uh-huh. had been, and they had been purged, and some of them were amongst that 53,000 that he had in his drawer, okay? 53,000, uh-huh. if, 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 if Stacey would have gotten, you know, even, you know, some of those votes, it would have been a closer, a, you know, it could have been the difference, okay? And, and, and that's not counting all the other purgings that they did, okay, uh-huh. because of signatures or 
the, 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 there was a, a hyphen missing in the name, okay, when they signed or something. And, uh, you know, they registered with one, one way and they signed another way. And it was like, you've got to be kidding me. When did, when, I cannot recall when my signature looked the same twice. You, you know, like right. every time I sign something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, every time I sign something, it always looks different to me. You know, I mean, it's like it depends on the pen, it depends on the paper, it depends on how your angles or what kind of surface you're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the signature changes. That's just a natural thing. So, I mean, all the reasons were you know, were just not. You know, they just weren't um, kosher. <laughs> you know. But it was just. We're going to take our first break. Um, okay. Here, and um, I want to talk a little bit more about Stacey Abrams. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and we're talking about the midterm elections. Betty, I read that even Stacey Abrams herself was challenged about her vote. Yep, she was. She had to prove who she was. (laughs) I mean, really. She comes comes in in an entourage with security and everything. Who the Mm -hmm. heck do you think she is? You know what I mean? You know, she goes and she fills out the paperwork that she needs to fill out. She does all the things that she needs to do. And they still question her. Yeah. Yeah. And they they attempted to give her like a provisional ballot. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, and you wonder, was that person like stuck on stupid? I mean, you see who this is, she's got the entourage, and then you're just going to, we need to get you a provisional, but, you know, give her the vote and, and, you know, give her her ballot and shut up, you know. That's right. Just give me my card and let me go up into this little machine here that might be, that might be rigged anyway, you know, because you had, you had a lot of the machines and a lot of places you voted for one and it reverted the the, the vote to the other person. In other words, you voted for for Stacey and it wound up being for for Kemp. And some people caught it. Okay, mm-hmm. and they had to redo the whole thing, you know, wow. and but they were allowed to do it. Yeah, but it, it actually switched the vote. Uh, I mean, the, the way they have it all rigged up, isn't that, you know, the influences of, of other countries <laughs> with mm-hmm. the presidential stuff, mm-hmm. and then you have all these other state scheming and planning and figuring out how they're going to maintain power. Mm-hmm. And 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 it boils down that they have to eliminate people from voting, and then you have Kemp, the Secretary of State, watching the election, right. which is like yeah. the Fox watching the. Right. I know. I mean, that that whole. I mean, it's in court, and I'm hoping that you know the courts have been our friends. You know, the people of the friend. Uh, 
um, friends of the people, I should say. <laughs> ah, the courts have been in a lot of in a lot of the different things that happened recently and stuff with this administration and then with state, you know, laws and stuff like that. And the courts have come back on the side of the people, you know, and um, can look through the things that happened in Georgia, and I'm sure probably in Florida too, because I mean, Gillum only fought it. He, uh, because um, Nelson fought it, and so he fell into the thing of the recount, just an automatic figuring that, okay, well, this may change the outcome, if, if so, you know. It didn't, but, but. But, you know, the thing that, the thing that I liked was, like, Stacy said, you know, not until every vote is counted. Was right. Adam conceded, then he conceded. Back is conceded, and, I mean, mm-hmm. you know. And you also see that Stacy has started, what is it, um, or is it Fair it's, Fight? Fair, yeah, Fair Fight, uh, yeah, Fair Fight, but she had, right, Fair Fight, Georgia, right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so she, had, she had, she had another organization also that dealt with um, voter suppression and whatnot, so she was quite aware of the things that were happening, but the thing is that you have to wait for it to happen, and then you have to be able to prove the stuff. Okay, so now she actually has, I think, evidence, okay, because mm. with the absentee ballot stuff, because of the purging, uh, because Kemp was, you know, watching an, the election that he was running in and he was in mm-hmm. charge of it, that, that alone, that alone right there gives her reason, you know, and, and, or gives a court reason to say, well, this was not entirely a fair election, okay, I would think. Okay, mm-hmm. and there might be some kind of recourse, you know, um, coming behind, you know, whatever the court decides, because I can't see anybody looking at the at the events of all of the stuff that happened and how it happened and not say this was not a just election. This was not a fair election. Okay. Or to the to the least is you know, the minimum to be able to change the things about how elections are conducted in Georgia. Okay. Uh, and I hope and I hope that passes on to Florida because in Florida you have many of the same problems, but um they they there's nobody jumping on the bandwagon down here from what I can see as far as suppression and fighting it, you know. On, you know, if it's not the ACLU or one of the big, you know, regular folks that get out there to do the things for the people, um, I haven't heard too much of anything happening down here. But hopefully if something happens in Georgia, but if they do things that change things up there, then maybe it would affect down here also. You know, but um, it, it's a shame, though, you know, because it, it happens, but, you know, in Alabama – they, they, the Democrat won there when, when that Roy Moore was running. So, uh-huh. you, know, you know, so it, you know, things can change. Um, I, I think that Texas with, with uh, Beto not beating um, right, yeah. <laughs> Cruz, Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not mm-hmm. just, I, I, I really thought Beto would have it, you know, in the bucket because I mean, Cruz is one of the most hated, you know, senators. Mm-hmm. There has to be something funny going on there, and I hope somebody is looking into that. You know, so it's just um, I don't know. I think I think a lot of things will change. Like I said, with this new Congress coming in, these new folks are 
are the people. They are the people. These new folks are not millionaires, you know, and I hope they don't get turned around by the influence of the dollar, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, it, it has happened in the past when somebody comes in, you know, singing one song and they wind up, you know, on the end of something else, you know, because money is thrown at them or they get tied in with the lobbyists. I, I really have hope for this, this new Congress because I think that, you know, with the ones I've heard speak and being interviewed on, on the different uh, radio shows and the television shows and stuff, I really think that they're serious about changing the system in favor of the people. You know, well, you know, Betty, what, yeah, okay, so we had these things that sort of came close, you know, mm-hmm. came real close. We still got Stacey still fighting. We, we're raising these questions. But the other story about the midterm elections were all these people who came out and voted. I mean, right. I mean, in a midterm election, which doesn't happen, but they right. came out and voted. Because there was a strategy. Do you strategy. find these people still excited? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it good to yeah. continue well, to I, fight? I, I, yes, I think, I think, you know, the people that I've spoken to down here in Florida regarding the Florida stuff, which I've run into some, you know, the Democrats and the more liberal folks that I've run into, but even – even the ones that I've been, you know, run into as far as Trump supporters and whatnot, they're sort of kind of getting a little bit quiet, you know, because they see a change coming. But yes, the um, the the ones that were that were for Gillum and whatnot, they still have some enthusiasm. And they still are hoping that 2020 will bring more change, and they're hoping for. They felt that we lost because we didn't get the governors and we didn't get some other things. But but I you know I remind them that uh, the focus was to win the House, okay? Uh But besides the House that we won, you have to look across the nation and see that there was over 100 local offices that were converted to Democrat, you know, from Republican, all right? So from the local government on up, the change has been huge. Uh I mean, tremendous, okay? So when when all the representatives go back home, they're going to be talking to other local representatives, you know, that, that from the local consuls and so forth and so on, the commissioners, you know, and they have, they have been talking to the people. So when they get together with these other political people and they find out what the people in their districts want, but but. The reasons that the things went as they went, and we, why you asked a question about the voter turnout. Well, the voter turnout was because Stacey Abrams went to every county and every district. That's 159 counties in Florida, in, in, in Georgia. Uh-huh. Okay, she she went to every single one of them. Everything, and she talked to the people. White. Black, Hispanic, she didn't care who they were. She wanted to know what they wanted. She wanted them to know who she was. She wanted to have some kind of connection, okay, because she is the people. She's not some rich gal that just popped out of the woodwork. She is the people who struggled every, 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 every inch of the way to where she's at, and to, to the point that she was minority leader of the House of Georgia, in Georgia, you know, for, two, for a few years back, you know, and that's what led her from one thing to another to another. Okay, so, and, and, and Gillum did something down here in, in Florida. He went out and reached out to the people, told them, and both of them, told them how to register. They had, Stacy had teams, 
you know, in every district, showing the people how to register, where to go, how to get there, how to, you know, uh, mobilize, how to help each other out, how, you know, she had people in every district, besides the fact that she visited every district in every county. Okay, so, and I think Beto did the same thing in Texas. The turnout, the turnout came because the people who were running cared about the people, and they know that that's where the power lies, okay? If the people are told or shown that whoever is running is running to help them, okay, and that they are sincere and that they are part of them because none of them are rich, okay? Uh-huh. None of them are rich. You know, this is not some rich guy who, or girl that, that, that's popped up and said, oh, I feel like running for this, okay, and used their own money or whatever, okay. And Beto out in Texas had no, no big money. It was all community. It was all local support, you know. He had no, uh, no um, corporate money in his, in his campaign. And he, and he, he, and he, uh, he raised more than the, the other, than Cruz did. Mm-hmm. Okay, doing that, and I'm not sure if Stacy, but I think Stacy had some, um, some, some big money in her thing. I'm not sure, and I think Gillum had too, um, mm-hmm. on on some on some on some amount. But uh, they went out, they went out to the communities, and they well, talked you know, to the people. Well, you know, That's, Betty, and and mm-hmm. even before, like you and I've been talking about this for a while, and then your travels and as you go mm-hmm. around, and you mm-hmm. talked about how you hear. You know, I mean, the fear about things like health care, about being able to get poor, mm-hmm. like that has how some people went ahead and voted for Trump. Some people got really upset and sort of depressed after Trump got in there. But mm-hmm. with this election, and you see that here are people who came and talked to people about these, like you said, grassroots, things that you're concerned about over the kitchen table and doing that. Do you see that? maybe that this might be the beginning like of a change in how people are people that people aren't going to be like so disenfranchised that they don't go vote or so despite that they listen to the stuff that trump has to say no what i think is that people have you know some i i I still think some are like buried in the sand but i think Mm -hmm. there's more and more people realizing that they must stay informed Okay, in order for them to know what's happening to them from day to day, they must stay informed, okay? And, and if they're not, they're just going to get whatever comes, and they're not going to really understand. But most people find politics boring, so mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't get into it. You know, they just live by whatever, whatever, you know, as long as they have their little, you know, their little thing and their little yard and they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, they're happy, you know? And if they can take a vacation or two a year, then they're fine. But, um, you know, then the, the rest of us who, 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 who want to know, and then if we can influence other people that we come in contact with, I think that there is more and more people that uh, are, are aware and becoming more aware that you have to know what's going on and who's doing it for you and the reasons why they're doing it, you know. And if they're not doing it for the people, then, you know, they don't belong there. And we, and, and in fact, what people have to realize is that we have the power, and that power mm-hmm. is the, to vote. And if we, we can vote them out, we can vote all of them out, you know. But we must understand why we're doing that, you know, because if we're not happy, 
that's where it's coming from as far as policy and the day-to-day living and, our, you know, our jobs and our education, um, you know, health care. All this comes from those people that we elect to represent us. And, you know, it depends on who influences them the most. And the thing is that we need to speak up louder than the big corporation and the, and the lobbyists and all that so that we can stay in their head and in their ear because bottom line is that we're paying their salary and that mm-hmm. we, can, we can fire them whatever we want to fire them as their terms are up, okay? So, but people don't understand that concept, and I'm surprised. People just don't understand the power that we have. In, yeah, and I think and that, and, and that basic thing is like that they work for us. Right. You know, all right, That's they it. work we, for we, us. We are the employer. We. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are the employer. You know, it's just like, you know, this, <laughs> this man who occupies our house doesn't seem to understand that it is our house. He's only visiting. We can put him out. He doesn't understand that. We can fire him, okay? He doesn't understand. He really and truly doesn't understand that. You know that, right? Uh-huh. You know, Putin has been talking in one ear. That other, that little rocket man has been talking in the other ear. He's admiring them because they have absolute power and nobody can tell them anything, and that's how he wants to be. He wants to be a dictator. He wants to have the powers that Putin and little rocket man want. Okay, I mean, he wants, you know, that they have. That he, that's what he wants. He wants to be absolute. He wants everybody to stand up and bow. Okay, I mean, this is what he does. This is America. That he works for us, and we, we the people, are America. Okay, and he doesn't understand that. And it, it just boggles my mind that the people around him and the people who are in charge and have the power to do away with this man and ease our, 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 our nerves <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and our mental health, okay, because, I mean, they don't, they, I mean, I don't know what they're afraid of, but maybe, I, you know, because when he, what I believe is when he goes down, there's going to be a whole lot of others going down because they're all tied in to the stuff that he's tied into, okay? That's, that's what I think is going to happen, you know? And that's what they're all afraid, and that's why the Republicans don't want to uh, do anything. They're all tied well, in. Well, but, you know, but then you also saw in the different elections across, it's like you saw, I, I mean, and it's like what is the Republican strategy? Because many of them, you're, saying, you're seeing that they're saying like, hey, well, you know what? We're going to hold our nose and get in bed with Trump because that's going to keep getting us elected. And a lot no, of them did get elected. They, but they, they that like, I mean, I don't see how I could ever vote Republican now just because of, of the way they've all gotten in line behind Trump. Yeah, because they've all gotten paid off. That's, that's the bottom line. They can't see him fall because they understand now that he falls, they fall. Okay, so now they're keeping quiet just to save themselves. Before, they just thought, oh, he's gotten away with all this stuff all his life. He'll get away with, 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 with it now, and we can join in and get away with it also, you know, because these folks are so, you know, I mean, it, it's just like they only think of themselves. They only think about how can I improve my 
status? How can I improve my well-being? They don't, they're not thinking about the job that they took on when they were elected to the office that they hold because, it, you know, they, they're just not like, you know, a private company where you got hired, you know, by some private mm-hmm. whatever. You got elected by the people. <laughs> it's we the people, okay? And if we're not happy with you, we're going to vote you out. So whichever way you look at it. But they look at it, you know, they, even if they get voted out, they have a pension for life, okay? And if they don't, if they don't spill the beans on anybody or anything, they still got whatever other money they've, they, they, they've, they've connived and schemed to have, you know? And they still have all that, you know? And so they just figure that they, we keep quiet, we just let our terms come up, and we go around, you know, we go on our merry way, and we'll be living happily ever after in the money. Do you think, though, that we the people, that we suffer by not having two, excuse me, multiple parties that bring diverse issues, that see things, that are able to work bipartisanship, where it's sort of gotten like it's like either one way or the other, and many people, we live in an intersection where we need to have lots of voices, but now it's like, you know, we can take, we have to take one side or the other. And there's, you know, there's some bad hombres in the Democratic Party. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But know, so I but think that, are, are we suffering by well, being so Well, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, if we had a third party or a fourth party, we'd be doing reruns forever, you know, because nobody would mm-hmm. get enough, you know, enough votes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that, that, it's the good and the bad of it all. But, the 116th Congress, I think, will be the beginning of that change that we need to see because we are actually seeing the 116th Congress looks like the people, okay? Mm-hmm. That's number one, okay? It looks like the people, all right? They have lived amongst the people. They are the people, okay? So I think the change is coming Okay, and it's going to come from within, and they're aligning themselves at this time. But, you know, Pelosi will be a a Speaker of the House for two years. After that, they're going Mm -hmm. to put somebody new. But but they need Pelosi there because right now she's the one that has all the info. She's the one that knows how to haggle and deal and wheel with these others, okay, the Republicans, Mm -hmm. okay. She needs to teach all these new the ways of the of the of the inner workings of our Congress. Even though the newbies will learn that, they will also is my prayer and my hope that they also remember what they ran on. Okay, mm-hmm. and they ran on working for the people. But they the, the the you know and we we as activists have learned on a smaller scale how the inner politics work of the different organizations that we have belonged to. And it's, 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 it's very similar to the overall you know, political system. There's the higher-ups and there's the, the lowers and there's, you know, the workings of the, the ones that have the power and the ones that don't have the power and who the ones that don't have the power have to go to and talk to and convince or try to say, okay, well, can you support this or support that? So you have to learn the inner workings of how it all works in order to get what you need done. Okay. Do you Mm -hmm. think too, though, I mean, you know, like, is this the end of patriarchy? Do you see that some of these people, yeah, 
You oh. have to get in there and learn how some of the rules go, but aren't we kind of hoping that they'll break some of those rules and say, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Way? Oh, yeah, they're going to break them because they, 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 it's the matriarch that's coming up now. I mean, the All patriarch right. is done. The patriarch is done. Those 70-year-old, 80-year-olds, they need to go home and sit in their rocking chair and watch, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do. And that's what's going to be happening, okay? And so when we have the next round in 2020 of people running again, you know, and, and the people who didn't run this time, like in the Senate, we'll be able to replace them and maybe we can take over the Senate at that, at that point, you know, and keep the House, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, uh, 2020. And, and, and get the big house. <laughs> oh, yeah, and get the big house, yes, and get the big house. And, and, and the thing is that the representatives that we put in there, you know, know that the people are now aware. The people put them there, okay? But we also know what the issues are. We also know that we've talked to you, we've told you what we need, what we want, and what we expect for you to do for us, okay? So, you know, they will be listening to the people, and they will be working for the people because they also know that we can vote them out. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the power that we have. And we have to recognize that power and we have to continue using that power. We can't just, the problem has been in the past is that we've seen, you know, Obama took the White House at eight years. Everybody was very happy, but everybody was laid back. We didn't realize mm-hmm. that we needed to have the House, you know, and the Senate, or at least one of the, one of the things, you know, working along with the president in order to get the stuff that we needed to get done. So everybody just lays back, we get complacent. Oh, we have a black president in the White House. He's going to take care of everything for us. But if he doesn't have a Senate that's working with him or a House that's working with him, they can't pass anything. Okay, you know, because, uh, I mean, you and know. Even the same, the same too for, I mean, you know, and I know many in the LGBT, not only, you know, communities of color, the black community, but many in the LGBTQ community. Hey, mm-hmm. every week somebody was going up there to the White House and we were shaking mm-hmm. and we were getting photo ops and stuff. But mm-hmm. when it was gone, now, you know, we got people in there who are trying to turn back to, turn back the hands of time for, for every community, yeah. particularly the LGBTQ community. Yeah, but, you know, this is, this is why I have a, a problem. I, I, I don't know if I've, I've probably said this before. I do have a problem with progressives, okay, mm-hmm. because, first of all, there's not enough, okay? Mm-hmm. What progressives have to do is they have to build that movement and get enough power or enough, you know, enough, if they're going to run somebody, okay, in that progressive um, you know, like a progressive party of some sort or whatever that is, okay, then they have to know that they have enough votes. Otherwise, they're taking away the votes from the Democrats because mm-hmm. the Democrats is the party of the people, okay? And that's how it's always been. I mean, and Republicans is the party of corporations and business, okay? So when you run somebody like a progressive or a Green Party or a Libertarian or whatever, they're going to take votes from the Democrats. Okay, and they have to understand the, this process. And people, progressives have an issue, but there are many issues because there are many in the room. Okay, and they're mm-hmm. trying to see what they can do. Okay, but there are many with many issues, and everybody is saying, okay, everybody ha- everybody's issue is legitimate. Put it on the table. Put it on the table. Put, and you got a pile of issues. 
but no strategy and no solutions. Mm-hmm. That's what's always written me, okay? And I've never been able to, okay, let's take, you know, when you, when you learn how to strategize and you go into these things that they, they have, you know, seminars and whatnot, and they teach you how to put your issues up and then being specific, taking from that, and then breaking it down to how you're going to get to the, the, to the solution, okay? And at the, the, the end pages, the solutions for these maybe five issues out of 100, okay? But the thing is you need to start somewhere, so you take the, the, first, you know, the, first, the main five issues and you figure it out in, 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 in a collective body. You figure out what the strategy is going to be and then what the solution is going to be. But if you don't do that, you never get anywhere. You're still at the table with a pile of issues. Okay? Well, now, Betty, now, now, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and it, we're talking about the issues and we talk about, you know, splitting our vote when people are going to progressive. I still hear people want to keep going the Bernie-Hillary fight, is it time oh. that we, we sort of like quit rehashing what all happened and what could have happened, let it go, and get let on the same page? Right, right. That's, that's my point. You got to let that go. That's mm-hmm. old news. Oh. What time no. for these old white men to go home? They gonna need to go home. What hits her your Look. vision for the future? Right, you know, and that's... And as much as I feel for Hillary and I would have loved to have her as president and stuff, I don't think it will work in 2020. I mean, as much as I would love because I think she's had a bunch of bad breaks just because she gets uh, blamed for Bill's behavior and, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the Benghazi thing that never happened. You know, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. all the lies that were put out there. And if you look into it, you know, you read up on it and stuff and, she went through 11 hours of testimony and nothing could be found. And the reports came back that there was nothing. And she couldn't have, you know, she didn't have the authority to up the security there. And when the guy that was there, the ambassador was asked months before, he said, no, we didn't need it. And then when the Senate and the House were asked to vote on it, they didn't vote. They voted it down not to increase security way before this stuff happened. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't her fault, but they were trying to get, you know, somebody to blame. And mm-hmm. they put her, they put, because she was dangerous. She was dangerous to them, not to the people, but to them, because she knew where all the skeletons were. And this is something that I always said, right from the beginning when she first even, you know, suggested she was going to be running. I always said, you see, they're afraid of her. They're afraid of her because she knows where all the skeletons are. She knows all of their histories. And there won't be anything that they can ask her to do or make her do, you know, without risking their lies and their, you know, things that they've done in, in corruption-wise to be told, okay? And they didn't want none of that to be, you know, coming out. So they were scared of her. They were scared mm-hmm. of her because they wouldn't have been able to hold her back from whatever it was that she wanted to do to make this government the government of the people, okay? And that's not what they had in mind, all right? <laughs> these, these folks that were just grabbing the power and grabbing the power did not have a democratic, you know, um, government in mind for the people. They had a Republican government. For, the, for, for them, because they were the ones connected to the corporations and the big business and they, the, the money, okay? And, you know, then we got, then we got Trump, 
okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. who, is, who is connected to Russia and all the other, you know, stuff that's out there that's bad for we the people, okay? I mean, it's just like, you know. And you know what? And again, it's the end of the patriarchy. And whether yes. you're an old white man or young, you mm-hmm. have benefited from it. And a yes. big shift in this paradigm that's means right. the end of your power. And, That's right. You know. Yeah, I tell you, you saw my. You see, go. you see my hat. You see what I, you know, my hat and my icon on Facebook is right. Mm-hmm. My hat mm-hmm. says, "The future is female." I've had you that for months, for months, way before mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. even thought. Yeah, I found it. I think in Alabama somewhere. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, I want that, you know, and I mm-hmm. put it on my head and I wear it all the time and I made it my, my, my icon thing, my, my home, you know, my, my sign-in thing, whatever they call that on Facebook. <laughs> your, um, your profile mm-hmm. picture. Well, Betty, yeah, we're going to my... take another break here and okay. we'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. back here and Betty yeah, I agree the future is female we see Absolutely. like in this Absolutely. election women were motivated women women got out that vote women took office I'm gonna tell you this was one year when I was happy to yes. get in Michigan because we had a slam dunk here I mean mm-hmm. everywhere from the top of the ticket was all female we all right. you know I mean we had we flipped some Republican house seats that have been long held by men which are now by women our new incoming attorney general is not only female but she's openly gay the future is female and when i sure. see leadership and i see sure. people talking about what's happening i mean mm-hmm. you had mothers the mother whose son got killed and now she's in office, office. it's like that's it's right nothing like it's nothing like an angry mama bear you know, that's right tub, she is on the warpath. So here we are. The That's future right. is female. This is Absolutely. our time. Absolutely. I thought, was, I thought it was really important that you talked about what happened with your vote, with your ballot. Because many mm-hmm. I've heard people say like, oh, you know, they're just talking about voter suppression and they're just talking about that that doesn't really happen. But oh, yes, it, it does. does. Oh, yes, it does. And you have to be aware. And you to know how to check and if you do have some tea you got to keep checking and you got to keep calling okay that's right they got sick of me they knew me by first name okay (laughs) 
they, I would pick up the phone and they already knew the guy. They had my phone number up on the board, okay? They already knew who it was before I even said hello. They would say to me, hi, Betty. Okay, we're still looking for it. We're still looking for it. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> I said, this is like, and I told the postman, the postmaster, I was talking to the postmaster, okay, never mind the clerks, okay, I, I went right to the top, okay, and I said, you know, this is not going to end, and then he said, well, you know, after he found it, he said to me, well, we didn't want to seem incompetent or anything like that, you know, and I said, because I had asked him, I said, how does that happen? How, you know, he said, well, we were going to find it, we were going to find it because it was certified, and we didn't want to be like, you know, looked upon as being incompetent, okay, okay, so I said, well, what would have happened to it if it wasn't certified? He didn't know how to answer that, okay, uh -huh. he didn't know, he didn't know, he doesn't know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> because it probably would have been tossed or not gotten to where it needed to be. And as soon as they saw what it was, you know, they just toss them. They just toss them. I, somewhere in some dump someplace, there's probably thousands and thousands of absentee ballots between Florida and Georgia and other places, okay, that would ne never saw the light of day. They were never even opened. Okay? Uh -huh. I, am, I am sure that that has happened. Okay, you know, just, just simply because my one certified took them six days to locate. Six. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another thing that you see that happened across the country. Like here in Michigan, they, they talked about making it easier to vote absentee, making it easier to vote. I know in Florida, they gave back rights to people who had done their term. They, oh, they, they done their term in jail. Right, right, right. Uh, right. I mean, yes. so you see that more and more that, that – despite mm -hmm. their efforts to yeah. get people off the rolls and to disenfranchise voters, that it seems like voters are going to the poll and saying, no, make it easier, make our vote, make it easier for us to vote and to, I love the fact that you can go online and see Mm -hmm. But they got your vote. I mean, right. it's like people yeah. are saying, then, that. you know. But my my next question would have been, you know, I was just happy to see it was accepted, you know, and I hope that when they recount it, it was counted again in the recount. Okay, but I I said to myself because I called, okay, mm -hmm. and because it was a certified piece of mail, did they just say to me, yes, we got it, and then told the election board to just put accepted? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And was that? I, 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 my next question should have been to ask them, okay, so who was the vote for? And how mm. was it registered, you know, what was entered? That's my next question, okay? That's, that's what I would want somebody to ask them. Was it actually put in for Stacey, you know, and the whole Democratic Party that was running because I did it all blue, you know? But mm -hmm. um, was it actually registered as such? Or did they just want to shut me up? And, you know, not pursue it anymore because now it's accepted. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they do so many things, okay, and they purge and they, they, and, they, and they actually, you know, just take people off the voting polls just because one letter or whatever, are they, are they you know, are, are they that, that um, you know, able to, you know, just – actually lie about stuff like that or, or and not do and not do just to, to the, the, so that they don't seem to be incompetent, you know, that they just say, okay, let's, because I mean, Clarkville is a small town, okay, Clarkville, uh -huh. everybody's 
everybody, you know, post office, election board, the motor vehicles, all these people know each other. They, they're relatives. They're married to each other. They, they're kids or whatever. You know, they all know each other. So mm-hmm. if one is being looked at as incompetent, I mean, everybody's going to be looked at as incompetent. And, and so that, you know, so it, it's not hard for people to, to in, little, in little towns to do what's not right and keep it a secret. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not hard. And that mm-hmm. and that's across the nation, you know. You got mm-hmm. more little you got more little small towns than you have big cities, okay? You know, it's just, you know, and across the nation that makes up for a lot of people. Okay, so it's just and I, I just wonder what their their um you know it, you know, I I can't even find a word for it. You know, what their capability is or how how you know, because we're we're raised. You know, we're, I know I was raised. You know, Hispanic, uh-huh. and I know, and I've and I've been close to the black culture and stuff. So I know that we have a lot in common as far as how we're raised and our morals and our values and how we raise our children and what we teach them and we teach them not to lie. You know, and all this is the uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You know. And and we, you, you may go to a Baptist church, church and I go to a Catholic church, but basically at home we're being told the same thing, okay? Because when you get together and, be, and, be, and I've had a lot of contact with the black culture and living with black women, and it's it's really not that different, you know. So, but are there people in on in on this earth that who might have been told that lying is not a nice thing or a good thing or a godly thing to do? that they just cast it aside when it comes to politics and mm-hmm. they figure that, hey, you know, everything is fair and love and war or whatever, you know, how that saying goes, and that they justify their lying or they're not doing or, you know, or manipulating things and, and, and find the excuse that it's okay. It's okay because things are going to be okay because things are going to be done this way instead of that way, you know, and it's better for us this way, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, and, 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 and it, you know, if you ask yourself in, in that, being that, you know, manipulating things in that way, do people go home and sleep that night? I mean, do they lose sleep over it? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. So, Betty, our next hurdle is the 2020 elections. If mm-hmm. you were sit down with people who are in charge or say the Democratic Party and they asked you, Betty, what do we need to do to win? What would you say to them? What do we need? Keep talking to the people. That's the first thing. Keep getting people like Stacey Abrams and 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 Michael Gillum and and, and Beto oh, but any Beto, okay? <laughs> I can say that. But um, keep talking to the people who have been talking to the people, okay? Get down to the grassroots because the grassroots could have told you back in 2015 what Drumpf was going to do, okay? Why, why Drumpf was a bad choice? Why Drumpf was going to ruin everything? Because even I, I, in New York, I grew up knowing the name Tr- Tr- Trump, okay? I grew up with his name, and he was nothing but a slime ball back then, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. People from New York know because <laughs> he, he just didn't do nothing right, okay? Nothing. Yeah? Uh-huh. We knew that. We already knew that. But if you 
the, the, if, if I had the, those politicians in power, and I think they know it, but I think that they feel like they would lose power if they actually um, handed that power to the people, mm-hmm. okay? It, it's like, oh, we can't give up too much of our power, even though they're Democrats and even though they, you know, they, they, they say they have our good at heart and all that kind of stuff. But I say is talk with the people because the people will tell you what needs to be done. The people will tell you who is going to do what, okay, and who's not going to do what, all right? Mm-hmm. The, the people, if they had listened to the people, they had listened to grassroots mm-hmm. in 2015, we wouldn't be in, in this mess that we're in, mm-hmm. okay? And that they had done things accordingly. If they didn't listen to all the, all the made-up stories and stuff, they have to know, but they have to, they have to stop thinking uh, uh, about, you know, some, some headline about something that somebody made up somewhere and that this is going to influence our thinking. If you keep talking to the people, then there's nothing that anybody else out there can say that is going to, you know, change the mind of the people of how, what they want, okay? Mm-hmm. So you need to no, go and talk to the people. As this political thing is changing and we're seeing new leadership, do you think that we, you know, don't we still need to have a seat at the table or to have someone? Yeah, but, 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 you, need, but you, need, you need the seat at the table, yes. But mm-hmm. it, has to be, it has to be the people. It has mm-hmm. to be that the people are represented. In other words, you know, LGBT, com, you know, is, 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 you know, is comprised of, of many, many different socioeconomic levels, okay? <laughs> there are, just like in, in, in society in general, and as we always say, there are more of us than there are of them when we speak of us, the Democrats, and those of us who represent in the grassroots, et cetera, et cetera, then there are Republicans, then why are we losing? And that's because we don't show up at the polls. But mm-hmm. the same thing, the same thing, you know, happens, with the folks that in the LGBT community, there's more of the grassroots and middle class than there are rich. Mm-hmm. All of those exist, just like in the general public. In the LGBT, we have all of those too, okay? Mm-hmm. So you need somebody that can come down and talk and join in the work, Okay. Now, now there was a record number of LGBTQ candidates elected. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it means that we, as an LGBTQ community, we've turned a corner to where people are now looking at us and coming with our authentic selves and saying, you know, this is a person who also represents you know, we don't have a separate set of values. We aren't living separate lives. We're living lives of, of everyday Americans. Do you think right. that there being a record number of LGBTQ candidates elected, that we as a community have turned a corner? Sure and we have. how do we build on that? Yeah, but sure we have. But so has the Native American, and so has the Muslims. And so, you know, because now they all have faces in the Congress. Okay, so every community, and, and they're all considered to be grassroots, okay? They're not from the rich, they're not from the companies, they're not from the socioeconomic, you know, privileged, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And yes, the LGBT has turned a corner, but I think in general, grassroots has turned a corner. 
okay? Because I believe I believe that as as you know, if it, our issues may seem to be different because we sort of kind of isolate those things that we want for our own group and don't see some kind and don't maybe don't see the commonality, but it doesn't matter as to what it is. If you join together and you say, well, this is what we need for this group and this is what we need for this group, it, they're all needs for the general public because we're all, you know, we're all part of the general public. We're all part of the grassroots. If we just say to ourselves, we can step out of that particular issue that we have and join hands with that next one, and they can do the same thing, and we can go from one group to another group together, holding hands. We can mm-hmm. accomplish. We can accomplish a whole lot more. Well, I think too. You know, that's another thing that the platform, the issues that people have talked about: education, right. health care. Yeah. You know, families. These mm-hmm. are grassroots issues, and every family right. is different. Whether you're gay or straight. You know, that's everyone right. needs health care. It doesn't matter, you know, what your right. sexual orientation is. These are grassroots issues that we can all rally right. around. around. And, you know, hey, and us down here in the grass, it's real close. Mm-hmm. Those eagles soaring separately up in the sky. Yeah, because, I mean, you have to understand that those people who are privileged and have the money, health care is not a problem for them because they can pay mm-hmm. for it. Education is not a problem for them because they can pay for that, too. Okay, they have they already have good jobs. That's what makes them be up there in that in that in that you know hierarchy because they have uh-huh. money and they make you know six figure incomes or better. Okay, so you know they're not concerned about affording anything. They can afford whatever they want, opposed to the working you know person who 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 needs to be on the budget has children need to be able to support them and educate them and school them and you know that that it feed them and the whole thing so mm-hmm. they're looking at it in a different perspective they're looking at it from a different place they may talk those people up in the privileged area they may say they want to do this and they want to support that and they're okay well come down here to the trenches and see what it's really like you know mm-hmm. those Go sit in the emergency room with so-and-so who has to get this fixed for the daughter or the grandfather or whoever. Come, come, and sit, come and see what they have to go through because they don't have the money to pay for that private care. Okay? Uh-huh. Come, come down here. You want to join us? Come and find out what it's like. Then you will realize the urgency of what needs to be done. Okay? Because uh-huh. talk, talk is great, having, you know, a good heart and – you know, it's wonderful and, and, and wanting to help and, you know, it, it, all of that is wonderful. <laughs> but I still, I still, all the years that I, yeah, I was with HRC and, and, and all the years that I dealt with, you know, the hierarchy of whatever, all those years, every, the, the, the thinking never changed. I want you to come down here and feel what it feels like from down here and know what people have to go through from day to day, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, then you can tell me that, you, that your heart opens up and this is what you want to do, okay? Well, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> well you know, uh, Betty, yeah, I talked with, um, in fact, he's the mayor of Ferndale who's happened to be mm-hmm. gay, and mm-hmm. he said that at one point to understand, he lived on what someone gets when they're getting assistance. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, as far as making choices about what you can eat and everything, and he mm-hmm. stuck to it. He didn't flake it. You know, he really did. And he said that that gave him, like you said, until you walk in those shoes, mm-hmm. you really come down there and and see what's going on, mm-hmm. you don't get it. And like he said, it changed his to where now his whole platform is 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 about these really grassroots issue, and which is why he's been elected more than once because he talks to everyone. Everyone. Yes. I want to to thank you again for being with me. And, you know, and that's really, and for always keeping it real because even though whether we're black, Latino, LGBTQ, immigrant or national, these grassroots Mm -hmm. issues, if we stay together, We, we, can, can we, can, we can accomplish and do it, and we've seen it in this election, midterm election, and Absolutely. I know I will be talking to you as we move. And, don't, and come on down to Florida. Let's do a show from Florida. Do you know that they have, the Pulse has a museum now I in Orlando? Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, that's something that I would love to come see. I was in Orlando See before Pulse, and I would like to come mm-hmm. down and see that and yeah. talk about that. So we are going to get together and work that out because in 2019, yes. I do want to circle back with you to talk about because we need to mm-hmm. we need to talk to our young, but we need to talk to everybody across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Find what what we we all have going on together. That's you know, right. That we all need to address and how do we move forward as a community. But Betty, Absolutely. I want to wish you. Uh, if I don't talk to you before the holidays, okay, you well, celebrate it, enjoy. Yep. Happy holiday, Christmas. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Okay. Happy so- <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole list of them. The whole list happy of them. Life. Yes. Happy yes. fruitful life. Happy, happy fruitful life, and happy holidays, however you celebrate them. I want to thank today's guest, Betty Covertier, for sharing her alternative perspective on the 2018 midterm elections in Georgia and Florida and just on the state of our union itself. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.